I guess somebody's got to do something. <laughs> right. That's pretty funny. Somebody's got to do something. The Kiefer Bellows story. Welcome to Checking Out the Competition, New York Islanders. We are joined, as always, for the Islanders podcast by one of my faves, Dan Saracini from Lighthouse Hockey. Dan, how are you doing? I am very well, Kelly. I love these talks that we get to have once a year, and uh, we just get to shit on our favorite teams. It's it's one Isn't of my favorite Yeah. <laughs> so much fun to do. Yeah. Um, since for some reason the NHL has made it such that the Flyers have only played like one Metro team so far this season and we have not met the Islanders yet. Um, I've just kind of asked people to kind of run through the off season. Let us know if anything's changed, any additions or subtractions we should know about. Well, this is the, this is the easiest part because the answer is no, there have no been, there have been not any additions at all for the Islanders oh, except for that, one. Right? Uh, yeah. It's Alex Romanov on D. He's the only new face. Uh, otherwise, this is literally the exact same team that you guys saw last year. In many cases, it is the same team you saw the year before and the year before in the bubble and the year before that and so on and so forth. Um, my friend Michael Leboff and I do our podcast, Islanders Anxiety. And the last episode, we, we called the uncles in the room because Mike made it sound like th- these guys have been around so long. They're kind of like the uncles sitting in the corner of a holiday <laughs> gathering. It's kind of like you know, picking up the conversation where they left off the year before. It's just uh, it's the same guys, always the same guy. It never changes. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't if you if you have paid enough attention to know anybody on the Islanders, chances are they're still there. Uh, Zdeno Chara and Andy Green are not. I, I don't know why I never really thought about it, but yeah, that you guys don't really do a lot. Nope. As far as personnel nope. goes, I guess it's for, uh, for better or yeah. worse. I mean, it's, you know, last year they added Chara and Zach Parisi and uh, Mm -hmm. Parisi was great. I mean, I got to tell you, we we really enjoyed having him here. We it's it righted a wrong that was done, you know, 17 years ago when Mike Milbury just didn't draft him for whatever reason. And so it's great having him here. uh, And he's been very productive. So Dano Chara, it was very nice of him to come back and, and kind of, you know, throw the Islanders a bone that way. Uh, it season didn't really work out that well. He didn't play that well. He, uh, you know, they, they obviously had a lot of problems beyond just him. Um, but yeah, no, the, the, then that's it. And then, like I said, Romanov is the new guy. Oh, Andy green again is not here, uh, mm-hmm. this year. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of these guys have been here forever and it's, it's nice that, you know, there's been continuity there and, and these guys all really love each other. They're all like godfathers to each other's kids. And like, they're all, you know, they all hung out with each other since they're like 18 and whatnot. But uh, it, it would be nice to like pick up a big player one, you know, I mean, okay. They got Palmieri and Piaget over the last couple of years, but again, those guys, I was joking with Mike on our podcast, Palmieri came here a year and a half ago and it feels like he's been playing here since Peter Laviolette coached the Islanders, you know, 25 years ago, whatever. So uh, it's, it can be very stale, but when they're winning, it's like, oh, I love these guys. But when they're losing, it's like, man, enough with these guys already, you know? So yeah. it, has, it has its good points and bad points. Yeah. I mean, pretty much like everything with hockey, if they're winning, everything's good. If they're losing, mm. all of those exact right. same things are very bad. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, you mentioned the Islanders getting a big name player. And I know that you guys talked about this a little bit on your most recent podcast. Um, Johnny Gaudreau got... Mm. Like a big hearty bunch of booze when right. 
when Columbus played the Islanders, but I, I guess based on his comments, you guys were never really in on him. And I think it seemed like everybody thought that you were. Well, so, so that's the thing. And, and like we talked about uh, on our show, like, you know, he might, from his perspective, he never talked to the Islanders. He never looked at the Islanders. They never talked to him like this was stupid. But from our perspective, we, Mike and I, and anybody else watching the, you know, ESPN Sportsnet TSN streams that that day uh, in free agency, all they heard all day was that Johnny Goudreau was down to deciding between the Devils and Islanders. Like the, yeah. that was all we heard the entire day. ESPN had a panel with four people on it, two of whom played for the Islanders, Kevin Weeks and Rick DiPietro. And God bless Rick. He was literally cheering, you know, the whole time. Come on, Johnny, do the right thing. Sign with the Islanders. Come to Long Island. Didn't work. Uh, and so we heard this whole thing. And then we all kind of broke for dinner. At least I did around six o'clock, started cooking, came back. And I look at my Twitter and Elliot Friedman's like, yeah, it looks like Goudreau's going to Columbus. And I was like, what? And then the whole world was like, wait, huh? And so <laughs> right. it, yeah, it was very strange. And so, you know, it was, yeah, we were booing Goudreau for not wanting to, you know, for not coming to the Islanders, but I think we were really booing the sort of hockey media apparatus that made mm-hmm. a lot of people think that he was choosing or, you know, was down to choosing the Islanders or Devils, you know, in which in that case. And then he chose not to. But, uh, you know, I, I we just thought it was hilarious that they chose to. But it's also a pattern of Islanders fans going back years. I remember when Ryan Smith was on the team for a brief period of time and then he chose to sign with Colorado the next year. They booed him and it was very like, you know, I mean, he he wasn't going to stay here. They they booed Thomas Vanek when he didn't want to sign. You know, so it's just, you know, it's kind of part of our our thing. Uh, and obviously the, the Tavares thing kind of goes way beyond that. But that's, oh, yeah. that's a whole other story. We, won't, we don't need to get into that. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I just kind of <laughs> thought it was it was funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's petty, um, but funny. <laughs> yeah. The Islanders right now are uh, 12, 8, and 0, third in mm. the Metro. So, you know, from the outside, seems like things are going pretty well. Um. Mm. What would you say has been going the best for the Islanders so far this season? Well, for a, for a change, what's been going well is the offense. They have, I think, the third or fourth best goal differential in the conference. Um, they have, you know, really blown out a couple of teams uh, earlier this season. I mean, they blew out Anaheim, but I mean, Anaheim is not very good. They've had some some big wins. Uh, they had a five game winning streak going on. A little earlier uh and like these guys have clicked uh, in most cases offensively matt barzell famously had not had a goal until the other night (laughs) when he scored two against dallas but uh he was racking up assists and and facilitating offense he's been really kind of uh on fire in most games he's he's out there trying to do everything he can to will the team to victory and then the, the usual suspects are there and then also you've got the defense actually chipping in goals for once this is a huge difference from the way barry trotz kind of coached the team the last couple of years, Noah Dobson already has six goals and that's more goals than some teams have out of their entire defensive core. And uh, mm-hmm. Dobson has been really, uh, you know, really uh, picked up where he left off from last year. Even Scott Mayfield has like three goals. He scored a backhand goal against, I think, Columbus the other day. That was like, who is this guy? I don't know where, where he came from. What hasn't been clicking is is the defense. And that's a very strange thing for the Islanders for the last couple yes. of years and has frankly been driving me a little bit crazy because they give up a lot of chances. Don't be surprised if the Flyers have, you know, double the amount of high danger chances that the Islanders do when they play 
they not necessarily a lot of shots because they've always kind of given up a lot of shots, but they, they give up a lot of stuff in the slot near the crease and their goalies, mostly Ilya Sorokin have been there to bail them out, which is nice, but I don't know. It's it. I don't know how long they can keep doing this. And I keep getting reminded that, you know, you know, the Rangers played like this for years. <laughs> they, they, they were they pretty successful. And I was like, yeah, that's true. But I don't know. I, I kind of want something better for, for my team. So I, I'm a little, I've been a little bit surprised as to, not not so much that the offense has gotten better, but I've been very surprised at how the offense has gotten better at the extreme, uh, you know, other end of the spectrum. The defense has gotten way worse than I expected it to, and and it's been a very much of an adjustment. So it's been a little hard to watch. I mean, they played the Leafs the other night, and and the Leafs had like fifteen high danger chances or something, and the Islanders had two for the game, and and oh, they won. Wow. They won in overtime. So, <laughs> uh, so it can work, but it it's it's been hard to adjust to because I, I mean I'm not gonna lie, I liked. I liked not giving up any scoring chances and then just getting two two goals on the rush and walking out with a win. That was my that was my jam. But uh, that 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 team isn't here anymore, so I gotta I gotta adjust my set to to account for that. So I know we've got a couple of games before a couple of days. Sorry, before this game is actually played, but um, the the Flyers currently have Zach McEwen on their second line, so I'm not sure you're going to have to worry much about the high <laughs> scoring chances in this one. Yeah. They might get a bit of a break. Um, uh, I, I wouldn't say that because these two teams, you know, you kind of throw out all the all the records and stuff when they get yes. together. But yeah. I would not be surprised to see them split uh, both of these games just because that's hockey and that's kind of how it works. And you can see Connor, uh, you know, Carter Hart stealing something or some some guy who they called up from Lehigh Valley getting an overtime goal or something like that. You know, that that would not surprise me in the slightest. But yes, I, I have been I have been watching uh, what's going on with the Flyers and listening to your guys podcast. And uh, it seems like everybody's hurt. So I really have absolutely no idea who's going to be playing in that game on the first game anyway on on Saturday. To be honest with you, uh, same could be anybody. Really. <laughs> <laughs> could be anybody. Could right. be like uh, the equipment guy might have to. Yeah. <laughs> um, you kind of answered my next question, which was just like looking at the numbers. It seems like the goaltenders are having pretty, both of them, Sorokin and Var- yeah. Varlamov, having pretty good seasons. Sorokin has a 926, Varlamov a 914. Um, I was going to ask if that was kind of a product of the team in front of them, but it sounds like, no, it's just kind of good goaltending. Yeah, they're they've just been ridiculous. Well, for Varlamov, it's really been a bounce back season. He he wasn't great last year, and I mean everything with the Islanders went wrong last year. So I'm not surprised. I'm not kind of blaming him or anything. But uh, it's he's he's really looked much 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 better this year. Uh, you know he he's back to being the very kind of rock solid guy he always was. Sorokin is just a mutant. He's it's just so good. He he had three saves in the same sequence against the Leafs on Monday, and. Uh, like, I, you know, I don't want to get to the cliche that like he made these saves and then they went on to win. But I guarantee that they had something to do with it because I guess everybody on the bench was like, we can't lose this game with this guy playing like this. Uh, he's been very, very good. He likes to play uh, a lot. Uh, and I think Lane Lambert has kind of, you know, adjusted the schedule that way. Chances are because of the two games. Well, so the Islanders play Friday as well. They play Columbus Friday and mm-hmm. the Flyers Saturday. So I don't know who will start. Uh, you know, they're going to flip-flop them for sure. They might flip-flop them in, in the games against the Flyers. I don't even know. But uh, yeah, I, either way, um, it, it's been a blessing and they've been really, really good. Um, you know, if you're like me and you're a worry wart, then you're like, oh my God, what are they going to have to pay Sorokin two years from now as a free agent? <laughs> He's already making, you know, $4 million, And right. it's going to be a little bit more than that uh, when it comes up. But uh, he's been really good. I, I just wish that, you know, he didn't have to make 
that many, you know, saves on dudes coming in unmolested through the middle of the ice, right up the gullet. Like that, that stuff really, really bothers me. But so far he's been, he's been there to help them. So, I mean, if he's going to keep on doing that, then I guess maybe they'll, they'll be okay. And I'll just have to calm down. Uh, never that. Um, <laughs> I actually, I didn't realize that the Islanders were also on a back-to-back Saturday because the Flyers are playing the Penguins Friday. Um, yeah. Oh, wow. Hmm. So that kind of changes things because I, I had this in my head as kind of like a scheduled loss because I was like, okay, they're playing the <laughs> Penguins on Friday. Right. Then they're going to New York. Not a chance they're going to win this game. But if you, you know, your team might be tired too. So maybe... Maybe it'll be a yeah. more interesting than I thought it was going to be. They are in Columbus. So okay. depending on how many times that cannon goes off, yeah, that could be impacting <laughs> the game on, on Saturday. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. But like I said, I mean, these two teams, I mean, we, we, how many how many times have I been on this show and we've talked about predictions and stuff, and then they just, you know, the weirdest, strangest games kind of you know, follow. So I, yes. you know, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't chalk it up to a, a schedule loss that quickly because you never know. So you've just given me – a, a pretty exhaustive list of things that are going well. And from my <laughs> perspective, as someone watching the Philadelphia Flyers every night, it all sounds very good to me. Um, but you and your co-host on the pod um, were kind of having a pretty long conversation about the fact that this team doesn't have an identity. Yeah. And like, you know, they're winning games. They're getting good goaltending. Sure, the defense is a little sus, but they're getting it done. Like, what do you mean when you say that the Islanders don't have an identity? Well, I think that comes from the last, not so much last year. Forget about last year. But the, the three years prior, um, they had a, a clearly definable identity. They That's were the right. Trots team. And mm-hmm. like Trots was, with all due respect to the players on the ice, Trots was the face of the franchise for three years. And that that little bald necklace guy, standing on the bench is what drove the team to the best stretch they've had since the dynasty era. And the thing about it, because Mike and I, we we remember very clearly like the the two years prior to that under Jack Capuano and then Doug Waite, who was let go. And then given the year after they were, they were basically just flying by the seat of their pants. Like they did not seem to be any kind of strategy or game plan at all like it was you know sometimes they won sometimes they lost they blew a lot of leads because they didn't know how to like protect a lead and play defense and you know sometimes the goalies were great sometimes the other team's goalie was swallowing up everything they shot at them sometimes they you know left a game with 15 shots on goal like you never knew what you were going to get so here comes trots and for the first couple of months it's like you know he's he's kind of working things out he's getting mad when like you know, they're, they're kind of leaving the zone too early or missing assignments. And I'm like, wow, this is really kind of weird. And I apologize if I've mentioned this before on the show, but there was a game where they lost to, to Winnipeg uh, that first year in 2018. And the Jets had you know been in the conference finals the year before. And somebody asked, you know, well, you, you guys lost, but you hung in against a really good team. Are, are you proud of your team? And he was like, they're not paid to, to hang in. They're paid to win. And I was like, oh my God, you can say that? Like, I've never heard a coach in 30 years as an Islander, I never heard a coach say, you got to win the game, dude. Like I've never heard that before. So trots. And then it was after that, that they became kind of what they were to become that sort of team that just gave up no chances, gave nobody anything on in, in the neutral zone. Particularly, they just didn't let teams through. They protected the middle of the ice. Like it was, you know, full of gold or something like that. And then they would get a couple of goals off of a rush or, you know, two on ones or something. And then they didn't walk out with a win. And everybody, every time I saw somebody complain about 
oh my God, these guys are so boring. Oh my God, I hate these guys so much. They're just, they're, their style is stifling. It's terrible. Get it out of the league. I would just laugh because I loved it. I, like, I just, this was what I wanted. This is, they never gave anybody anything. And that's why people thought they were boring was because like, if you're a Flyers fan and you want to see, you know, Claude Giroux and, and Sean Couturier and JVR or whoever do their thing and the Islanders don't let them do that thing, well, that's going to seem pretty boring. And they did that to everybody, whether it was, you know, Matthews or Crosby or whoever, they just didn't let those guys get, get away with anything. And mm-hmm. it worked for three years. It was great. And so this team is different. Like I said, I mean, they're scoring a lot of goals, which is great, but they give up a lot of chances. They haven't given up a lot of goals because their goalies have been pretty good. I just, you know, it's, it's the week of Thanksgiving. We all know, we've all heard Elliot Friedman talk about, you know, when you're in a playoff spot at Thanksgiving, it, it means generally means good things. That's true. But then I look at the guys that are coming up behind the Islanders and it's like, Oh, it's the Penguins. It's the Rangers. The Caps seem to be kind of a, in a bit of a lost season, but I wouldn't put past them to put together a run. Mike was saying on the podcast, the Penguins are like, you know, in the, the they're right around the time when they put together their annual 15 and one streak right. and they just, you know, look like world beaters again. And then they get to the playoffs and they you know, lose in the first round. So uh, then you got the Hurricanes and all of a sudden the Devils have started to become a thing now so that they have to worry about that. But uh, I just, that, by the way, I don't know. It's so annoying it that they're annoying. this it, good. <laughs> it's it's the second. Well, it's the first most annoying story of the year. The second most annoying is the oh my god, what are the Kraken doing with Shane Wright? Like I don't, I don't care. Nobody cares. Nobody, <laughs> nobody cares about this. I don't care about other teams' prospects. I don't care. They could send him to, you know, the French Foreign Legion. It means nothing to me. Please stop talking to me about this. But yeah, the Devils thing has been really, really irritating but like mike said like in a way it 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 kind of benefits teams because it it kind of throws everything off and so you know you you have to you still have to follow somebody but at least this time maybe one of these sort of traditional metro teams uh might struggle a little bit so that's what we meant like it it went from being the islanders went from being a team that had no identity aside from this guy's gonna leave in 2018 Mm -hmm. to being a team that was all identity and that was how they won games to now kind of being like um i don't i don't know what this team is anymore they're the, you know, if they're the team that scores a lot and gives up a lot of chances, well, then so be it. That's what they're going to be. But we're hoping that not, <laughs> that's not the case, but, uh, but it, maybe it is, I don't know. Maybe they're just that sort of, you know, they're back to fire wagon hockey again. I don't know. But, uh, that, that, that's our feeling about, it. we like having an identity because, you know, we can make t-shirts and stuff and of course. really kind of get into it. But, you know, this team, hopefully this version of the team, the Lane Lambert era, uh, has yet to find its identity. Basically, If they keep winning, do you actually care? Uh, probably not. <laughs> probably not. It solves I think, all uh, kinds of problems when the team just wins the games. Oh yeah. Oh dude. Like they, they lost. So they, they won in Ottawa last Monday. Then they lost to Nashville and Dallas. And so I was like, oh, here we go. That That's the other thing too, is like, you know, the Islanders again, don't have any game breakers. They don't have any guys yeah. like, you know, your Panarins, your, your guys that just sort of show up and score goals, you know? Right. And so their margin for error, again, this is going back years now, their margin for error is very thin. So, you know, if a guy goes on an 11 game scoreless drought, then all of a sudden, you know, they're going to struggle, but sometimes they're, they're scoring and, and doing things and the puck is going in. (laughs) And, and uh, we always think that they're just on the verge of the next, you know, 25 game losing streak. Because it's just that, you know, it doesn't mean they're, they're playing poorly. Sometimes they play, they play well, but they just don't get a goal. And sometimes they come out and they suck for half the game and then they mount this furious comeback and then they still lose, you know? So uh, it's, it, it, 
I don't know. It, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Like I just kind of, it's the, I mean, hockey is a sport of mistakes and it's, yeah. it's chaos on ice. And for three years we had no chaos. We had no chaos whatsoever. Yeah. And, uh, and it was fun. So do you think the, the trots firing was a bad idea? Well, um, I'm not sure if firing is really, I mean, he was like technically fired, but um, was it a bad idea? No, but I think the reason, I mean, I didn't like it and we still miss Barry to this day, but having read a lot about it over the course of the summer and, and kind of analyzed what everybody has said about it, it really came down to Barry being totally burnt out. Like the players, yeah, were burnt out on the system and, you know, it's hard to play. You're checking all the time and, you know, you got these, this rigid structure that you have to follow and it kind of graded on them for a little while, especially when everything else went wrong. They had an 11 game road trip. They had three COVID outbreaks. Like they were opening up a brand new building, like the, everything fell apart for them. Right. So it just made everything, it just made everything much worse. But Barry himself was clearly, clearly burnt out. Like he had, you know, a whirlwind. If you go back to the years in Washington, you know, he mm-hmm. left Nashville. He was in for 15 years. He was in Nashville. Then he gets fired. Then he goes to Washington. He's got this whirlwind four year thing. He wins the cup. It's crazy. And then two weeks later, he's coaching the Islanders. And then they go on three long playoff runs. And then, you know, this, this last crazy season happened. He's got a bunch of kids who are like getting married and moving on in life. And his, his mom passed away last January. So he was a guy shouldering a lot. And yeah. it seemed like he just, you know, not that his commitment to the Islanders was wavering, but it was hard for him to focus on this stuff. And even the players said like, it was a little bit, you know, he was a kind of a, a different sort of guy at the end than he was, you know, when he first took over. So as much as I, I don't like that he's not here anymore. Uh, I get it. And I wish him nothing but the best. Apparently he and him and Lou talk all the time. They're still, everybody's still in great, you know, great communication and, and they all love each other, but uh, it was just time for him to move on. So I don't know what that means for the rest of his future, but I mean, the guy who they gave the job to has been his, you know, assistant coach slash lieutenant for all these years. So mm-hmm. if it was going to be anybody, it was going to be Lane Lambert. Like we were a little bit afraid that they were going to bring in Mike Babcock only because of his connection to Lou. Right. But uh, really when it comes down to it, Lambert was the only guy they can hire. And and I think they like playing for Lane. And again, he's unlocked them, their offensive capabilities. I just, I kind of wish he, I, I, I was, I'm surprised at how quickly the, all the, trots tutoring has seems to have been just you know uh uninstalled like uh, you know some some shovelware on windows 11 like you know just clicked it and it's just gone now all right i don't have to worry about it anymore like nope that's uh, some of that stuff was pretty good we should we should have kept maybe some of that uh hopefully they can reinstall it at some point but so yeah. far it has, it, yeah <laughs> i mean i i you know like you said every other fan of every other team absolutely mm. fucking hated the way that the Islanders played, but like, you know, when it's your team and your yeah. team is completely shutting down every other team, like, yeah, you're gonna, yeah. you're gonna enjoy that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did. And, and you know, it's funny. We, we talked about the devils before, you know, we, we all remember what they were like in the nineties and, you know, back then the Islanders were absolutely terrible. So I, you know, there was no matchup between the devils and Islanders, but me personally, I, I never hated them for the way they did. I was always like, man, why can't my team do that? Like, I don't understand why, why is, why is this team the only one that's playing this way? Why doesn't everybody do this? And thankfully they didn't because we would have had absolutely no goals for a good period of, you know, 10 or 12 years. But I was always like, 
why didn't my team just do that? Well, the reason is because they were run by a dope, but you know, that's, that's another <laughs> problem. And then the Florida Panthers kind of did that and rolled rolled it all the way to the Stanley Cup, so uh, or the Stanley Cup final at least. So uh, I never had a problem with it. And then when it was my team, yeah, you're right. I, I loved it, but I can totally see why people hate it. And now it's kind of funny because I, I see people like, man, the Islanders are really, that's a really interesting story. Look at them. Look at how pleasantly so surprising they are. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. I kind of like the old. I kind of liked it when you guys hated them better. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I totally get that. If there ever comes a time in my lifetime that the Flyers are like somehow the darlings of the National Hockey League, I'm totally not going to know what to do with myself. It won't. Yeah, make yeah. any sense to me. Well, um, I can tell you uh, when when people start picking your team to win the Stanley Cup, it's a very very weird feeling. And then when that team goes completely into the shitter almost immediately it's an even worse, <laughs> an even weirder and worse feeling. And I don't recommend it. Like it was really cool for a period of a couple of months. Like, Oh my God, people are picking the Islanders to win the Stanley cup. And then by this time last year, it was like, that was, that was not good. That was a mistake. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah. What are you going to yeah, do? It, it really is almost better when everyone just hates you and thinks you're going to suck. <laughs> like, you know, go yeah. ahead and prove them wrong, but like, you know, don't go into right. it. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean w w one of the funny things that mike and i always run up against is like we're, we're always mad when the islanders are playing well we're always kind of mad that people don't talk about them more but then when they're playing poorly and people talk about them it's just like oh please stop talking please don't don't talk about them anymore i don't want to hear this anymore like you guys you guys don't care and only you, know, you only talk about them when they're doing poorly i don't want to hear it so yeah it's it's one of those so I, i'm sure we're not the only ones who do that but no. it is you know it's not fun every one of my favorite things about doing this little pregame thing is that getting to talk to people like fully immersed in other teams has made it very clear to me that we are all crazy in like precisely <laughs> the same way and like you always think that like oh you know islanders fans don't get it devils fans don't get it like right. how would nashville how would a predators fan understand like and and every time i talk to one of them i'm like oh my god you sound exactly like me <laughs> yep yeah yeah and this, is, and this is what yeah this is why like Toronto stuff drives Mike and I crazy. Cause like, you know, we're, we're hockey fans. And so we take in media from up there and, and right. obviously they're focused on those teams. And it's almost like your, you know, your fandom, just cause you're a Leafs fan doesn't mean your fandom means more than my fandom or your fandom, or, you know, again, Predators fandoms or fly Panthers fandoms. We are all crazy in the same way. Yeah. Like just cause you know, we're not like on YouTube shouting about some guy they just called up from the Marlies. Like doesn't, doesn't mean that we're, you know, somehow less fans or we're less uh, into hockey than you are. And it's just, it becomes a little bit, you know, you're kind of like feeling like you're, you need to uh, justify your existence to people for no reason. <laughs> it's like, yeah. no, I'm here, man. I've been here for a long, long time. I'm rooting for this team. And, and uh, I just want to want a little, a little nugget of information, please. I'm begging you just, you know, give me something I can use here. And it uh, doesn't happen too often, but no. it, it can happen, but you know, I, I wish it happened more. So getting back to this game a little bit, um, how have the special teams for the Islanders looked so far this season? Um, a little bit of both. Uh, their power play is terrible. The power play has always been terrible. I feel like it's been terrible my entire life. I can't remember the last time they had a good one. I think maybe Roman Hammerlick and Adriana Coyne were on the points at that point. That was about it. It It is stale. It never moves. It's never the right people doing anything. You know, you've got personnel there that on paper should should be pretty good on the power play Kyle Palmieri uh even Oliver Wallstrom uh obviously Barzell Lee um but they just never produces anything just getting into the zone for the Islanders is a, is a chore on the power play and it's 
It's awful. It's terrible. Uh, their penalty killing started out fantastically. They, I think they went, I think 28 straight kills or something to start the season. Um, you know, it was like, wow, five or six games or something like, yeah, like, yeah, they just, they didn't give up a, a power play goal for like the first, I don't know, two and a half weeks of the season. Since then, it's been a little bit leaky. Uh, and that they've given up a lot of, I think they fell from, you know, first or second to like 13th or 14th. I don't even know where they are now, but they do seem to give up at least one power play goal a year, uh, a game. And, um, Against the Leafs again, you know, the, they were up one nothing. The Leafs get a power play, and I'm like, they're going to score. And sure enough, eight seconds into the power play, it's John Tavares, of course, scoring the goal. So, uh, you know, uh, the, the whole that whole sequence could have totally been predicted, you know, an hour before that, that actually happened. So uh, it's not been great. I wouldn't worry about their power play at all. If, if they get a power play goal, it's it's almost like gravy at this point. But their, their penalty killing is pretty good. It's It's way better than it was last year, and they've, you know, made some – systems adjustments it's just sometimes they get caught napping and something happens but uh you know it, it hasn't it hasn't been too bad and again Sorokin has been great so mm-hmm. you know even if even if somebody gets through on the on the penalty kill he's usually been there so can't go wrong so typically this is the point at which I would ask you to tell me someone that we might not know about but as we've discussed just kind of looking down this roster <laughs> I know all these you know everybody everybody knows these dudes um but yeah. is there anybody that's you know not Matt Barzell that's playing particularly <laughs> well that maybe we should keep an eye on in this game. Uh, yeah, well, I mentioned Dobson before. He's been really, really good. Um, you know, Romanov has been okay. Um, oh, uh, there's Sebastian Ajo, the other Sebastian Ajo, not the, the Hurricane yeah, the Sebastian lesser, Ajo. The lesser of the two Ajos. <laughs> the lesser of the two. Uh, but uh, he, um, I think our Ajo is Finnish and the other guy is Swedish or maybe we have the Swedish one. I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, um He's been okay. He started out really scrambly and he can still get a little scrambly, but uh, he's turned it on and he's actually had a couple of games where he was really noticeable um, both defensively and offensively, which is, which is kind of cool too. Um, You know, Wallstrom is a guy who can sometimes dominate a shift and sometimes he just goes whole games where you don't even notice him. So, but he's young, he'll, he'll figure it out. And quite frankly, uh, I guess, I mean, we'll we'll segue to this, uh, his emergence this season. And he's, you know, he was playing pretty consistently for a while basically spelled the end of Kiefer Bellows time with the Islanders. And of course he ended up with the Flyers. So uh, we're loving Kiefer Bellows. (laughs) Are you though? Are you really? I'm going to be honest with you, Dan. Here's how bad it is. So the other night I'm watching the game and like something, something actually happened and it's Kiefer Bellows. And I was like, Oh, all right. Well, I guess somebody's got to do something. Right. That's pretty funny. Somebody's got to do something. The Kiefer Bellows story. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's, uh, you know, I mean, you, you want him to be good. Like his, you know, his dad was Brian Bellows. Like he looks, he's a handsome guy. He looks like he should be out there doing stuff. And man, just weeks would go by and just, yeah. he never did anything. And like, then there'd be a, a shift where he has like two hits on the same shift. And you're like, oh, here it is. This is going to be a good game for him. And then nothing. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I wish him the best of luck. I was shocked that somebody else picked him up. I was shocked that it was a John Tortorella coach team that picked him up. But given the the Flyers injuries this year, I, I guess I, I, I was going to say like it was just like warm bodies were needed. Warm, like yeah, at right. least at least maybe sort of NHL caliber players because <laughs> you get to the point where it's like you know you have some guys in the AHL that are just like those are AHL right. guys. They're just not yeah. NHL guys, and so we were running through the maybe nhl guys and it was just like i guess i guess grab a warm body for free why not yeah 
<laughs> I guess. I mean, he he's not a goon and he's not a defenseman and he's not a goalie. So I guess yeah. he could, yeah, up front he could help you. But yeah, I, you know, at some point <laughs> you're you're calling up guys from the AHL and at some point it's like, why? Like what what point does that serve? It's just, you know, to be a body on the bench. But again, Bellows, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe he's, he's just looking for the right fit. I, I don't know. It just, he, we joke about guys that can't find consistency and yeah. he's the poster boy for that. I just, uh, you know, what you get from game to game was not working. And, you know, I mean, there was some hue and cry from the Islanders fandom, you know, oh, I can't believe they let this guy go for nothing to a division rival uh. that quickly has not, you know, that quickly went away and hasn't been brought up again. Yeah. People <laughs> always get pissy whenever, a, I feel like whenever a player that has played games for the NHL team goes on right. waivers and is gone for free, people get pissed off. But those guys hardly ever turn in anything. And and yeah, like Bellow seems to like have some tools, but right. the execution yeah. is just not, yeah. not there. He had a great run in the AHL not last year, but the year before where he, he, I don't know, he must've had like 15 goals in a month or something like that. Like he was like hugely on fire and we were like, okay, good. Well, now he's finally turning it on and they brought him up to the Islanders and he scored, I don't know. He had a two goal game against the Kings one time. Oh wow. And uh, that was about it again. It's just like, you know, and you kept thinking, oh man, but maybe he'll break out again. Maybe he'll do it again. And that was, you know, two and a half years ago. So the other thing too, it's funny with guys on waivers. It's like, when they get drafted by your team and they're there, I mean, Bellows was drafted six years ago. Like that was a long time. Yeah, that's a long time. Right. And so he's, you know, he's made friends here. People like him. He's probably got a house or an apartment on the Island or whatever. And they kind of protect you and they, and they, they want you to be good. And then once you're gone to waivers, you go to some other team and you're just like the new guy. And it's like, you know, right. how long before they put you on waivers or they send you to the AHL or you, you know, they don't tender you at the end of the year or whatever. And you're just gone. So it's always kind of fun. Like that, that drop is always funny to me. Like you're, you're protected and, and sort of, I don't want to say coddled, but like, you know, th- this is your home for a lo- good long time. And then once it's not psh, goodbye, we don't want to know from you. And, and then the next guy, he's going to be, he's going to tell you goodbye in, you know, a fraction of the time. So I'm just kind of, I'm surprised he's still there, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Well, now, now I'm <laughs> but, sad for Kiefer Bellows. Yeah. I hope he's making friends. I hope so too. I, again, I, I I wish him nothing but the best, but it just, it wasn't going to work here. So whatever. It's not like the Islanders have like a plethora of prospects mm-hmm. that are, you know, yeah. chomping at the bit to come up. So, I mean, you know, to get rid of him was, you know, uh, it, they, it, in order for them to put him on waivers, they must've really meant that they just, they had nothing else to do with him. They, they didn't know what yeah. else to do. So what are you going to do? I feel like whenever a team ends up waving someone that they drafted, you know, he was a first round draft pick, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you end up waving your a first round draft pick, because like you said, like NHL teams hold on to these guys. We've seen it with the Flyers, <laughs> like forever sure. trying to make them into something when it becomes clear to everyone that they're not going to be something. So once right. once you see a team wave a first round pick, it, you kind of know like that guy yeah. is not he's not anything. <laughs> but who knows? Maybe he'll. Uh, Go to Allentown and have himself a good time. Who knows? I mean, with two games against the Islanders, I'm telling you right now, I know you're going to ask me for my prediction. I don't know what the scores are going to be, but I'm telling you right now, if he plays in these two games, he's getting a goal. He's definitely 100% going to score a goal against them. I promise you. Well, he's going to play because, again, he's a warm body that knows how to skate. So he will will be in the lineup. Um, Mm. I will have a very hearty chuckle if he ends up scoring <laughs> against. I, as as will I, to be honest with you. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I'm I'm forcing you to give me a score though. 
you can all just we'll just do the first game this is technically i didn't mention it at the start this is technically like a two for one checking out the competition because yeah. we play you guys back to back um but yeah give me give me a one for the first game it, it always feels like there's a four one score in there oh. uh whenever these two game teams get together and they are home on saturday so i will say four one islanders but if it ends up being four one flyers, I, I would not be shocked in the slightest. But uh, they are home, and uh, you know, again, they're both both teams are on back to backs. So, mm-hmm. I mean, who, who knows? But uh, it, I always feel like four one is sort of the default. You know, it's not not a dominating performance at all. But you know, one, one team is sort of clearly the uh, the better in that situation. Yeah. And then you know, then going into the game in Philly on Tuesday, uh, I have absolutely no idea. (laughs) Can we two nothing flyers? Who knows? That's forever away. Who can say? Yeah, Um, (laughs) exactly. I don't really, I see, I, like I said, I had this penciled in as a loss just because I didn't know that the Islanders were also on the second half of a back-to-back. So that makes me think that maybe the flyers could possibly sort of kind of get close (laughs) to winning a game. I, they, you guys could be looking at like them on their way to the 10th loss in a row. Like I, Ooh. yeah. Cause we're on seven now. If you didn't wow. know, it's very exciting. No, time. I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah. We're on seven, seven losses. They play the capitals tonight. That's one that they have a chance to win just because the caps are so injured. Um, yeah. So they got the penguins on Friday, which I would really like them to win, but I know sure in my brain that that's not going to happen um <laughs> so if, if we're looking at the 10th loss i feel like the flyers are going to lose just because at that point they're just going to be like a dejected bunch of like zombie robots <laughs> um right but if they can break the streak before saturday and maybe remember maybe like somebody remembers how to score a goal <laughs> Which is going to be tough on, you know, whatever goaltender it is. It's a good goaltender. Hmm. I was trying to talk myself into a win. I'm going to say 2-1 Islanders. Uh, I, I, will, I will ask you a question now. Okay. If, like, what would be the most satisfying way for them to break that streak against either the Caps, Penguins, or Islanders? I know for me personally, it would be beating the Penguins. Like, I would almost take the loss tonight mm-hmm. against Washington and then beat the Penguins but then, of course, you know, if you come back the next night and lose, it kind of, yeah. mul- you know, nullifies that. But at the same time, I would love to beat the Penguins in, in that streak. Is that how you feel? Or is, is there another way that you think that would be very satisfying? No, no. That that's streak? like the way I need it to happen. It is for <laughs> First of all, it's the Penguins. And we right. hate them. Just like it's right. at this point part of our identity yeah. as human beings. Um I'm I think I'm gonna go to the game. So selfishly, oh, wow. I would like to see a win. Right. Thirdly, and this one is hilarious to me, if you look at the schedule, the NHL appears to be calling this game the 2022 NHL Thanksgiving Showdown. Which <laughs> okay. is I I guess a thing that they just invented this year because the Flyers always play on Black Friday and I've never seen it had a name before. Um so that makes me laugh a lot because it's very <laughs> stupid. And so I would kind of like the Flyers to win the inaugural 2022 yeah. NHL Thanksgiving showdown uh, because that would be hilarious. I, ha- I hate to break this to you, but I don't think it's the inaugural <gasps> because, yeah, because w- I remember this thing. 
So we always have the Thanksgiving parade in New York City, you know. Yeah. Like we could watch it from I live in New Jersey. We watch it all the time. And I remember they had a float one year with Pat LaFontaine and I think Cam Neely. And LaFontaine, to my, you know, constant heartbreak was representing the Rangers, even though he's my right. all-time favorite player and he played for the Islanders for way more than he played for the Rangers. But it was a Rangers Bruins game that I think was also was that year's showdown. I don't remember this wasn't long ago. So uh, I, it is a thing that they've done. Nobody knows. Nobody cares. It's just another right. game in the middle of the day when you're off. So I uh, guess, I, I, I guess maybe yeah. they never had, they never called one of the flyers games this before. So right. Like, yeah. It because right. yeah, they don't really make it a thing. Yeah. Because no, it's the they, NHL and they don't know how to do they it. They don't make it a big thing. I mean, the Islanders are definitely never going to get one of them. So, you know, congratulations on getting one, I, I suppose. Very and, sure, uh, I have to yeah. say. <laughs> <laughs> you could hang a banner, Thanksgiving Day uh, showdown champions or whatever. But yeah, uh, yeah sorry. So, but, I don't but know. no, I, that... I, I'm with you. Beating the Penguins <laughs> would be the most satisfying way to yeah. end the losing streak. And then if they lose to the Islanders, I don't give a fuck. It would be best if they lose <laughs> every single game from here to the end of the season. But right. if we're going to win one, let's beat the Penguins because yeah. that's fun. Sure, definitely. No now, that being said, if they beat the Caps, don't be angry. Be like, oh, damn, I really wanted, you know, maybe they get two in a row. You never know. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not fully crazy, Dan. If they win tonight, <laughs> I'll be I'll be pretty, I'm pretty happy about it. Although this right. is such a weird year for Flyers fans. Like, I don't know. Like, I know I should be rooting for losses, but that's like impossible to actually do yeah. in the moment. It, it's hard. Really, yeah. Can't really root for loss. So it's like a weird yay for winning, but also yay for losing. I don't know. I, I, I yeah, I, miss the I couldn't do that. Too. No, it stinks. I don't recommend yeah. it. No, no, I, I couldn't. I couldn't do that even though, because I just, I don't know to me, I mean, We've seen the Devils and Rangers win how many lotteries in a row? Like I just, Seriously. I don't know. I just, I, I couldn't that. lose all that. And then with a, you know, 9% chance of winning the lottery, it's just, it's not good enough for me. I'm sorry. Exactly. <laughs> I'd rather just check out. I hear you. Dan, why don't you tell people where they can find you on the internet if you would like to? Sure. Uh, well, you could, um, my, our podcasts are available at lighthousehockey.com. We have a whole bunch now. We've got Islanders Anxiety. And I appreciate you listening. Oh, I listened to your 300th episode of uh, Brushy Radio, and it was awesome. And uh, I I love your guys' show, even though you're always shitting on the Islanders. It's okay. (laughs) I'll allow it because you guys are are my friends, and you're so entertaining. Congratulations on your 300th. Thank you. Uh, So my friend Michael Leboff and I do Islanders Anxiety. Uh, We also started a podcast last year called Weird Islanders, where we talk to a guest about a guy who only played for the Islanders for a little bit of time, usually less than one season. And so we just recently had down goes Brown on to talk about Wendell Clark. Uh, oh, we just did one with uh, a predators writer about uh, JP Dumont who played for the Islanders. Uh, he, he never played for the Islanders. He was drafted by the Islanders was traded and then went on to have a very serviceable NHL career. <laughs> uh, after that, we've done episodes on Wade Dublowitz and Ryan Smith and, and Kirk Muller and all these other guys with different guests. And so we have a lot of fun there. And then, um, uh, later on in February, I'm going to uh, do my second season of Islanders Award winners, in which every episode focuses on uh, a season in which an Islander won a major NHL award. So we're going to be looking at Al Arbor's uh, Jack Adams year and Mark Fitzpatrick's Masterton Trophy win and stuff like that. So got a lot going on there. And then as long as Twitter is up, you can follow me at Culture mm-hmm. of Losing, but I don't recommend it. So <laughs> I got to say, uh, if, that- if I had any more energy, I would totally steal that weird Islanders idea. Mm. I love it. It's so good. 
It's like such a have... funny thing because there's so many. Like every team has just like some random dude yeah. that was there for like yeah. two games and no one remembers them until you say their name and then you're like, oh yeah. That right. Th- that's the whole thing. And that's like Mike and I, our Islanders anxiety always ends up being that. And we were just like, why don't we just make this the whole show? And so we just had our friends on and then we're trying to branch out to other people. But uh, awesome. I want to talk to your boy, Bill Matz, about coming on to the show about uh, that. I feel like he has some stories to tell about some old flyers that, uh, I think it would be a lot of fun. So he would absolutely uh, love that. He's, he's <laughs> very good. I cannot recommend that enough. But yeah, we do have a good time. Yeah. Dan, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. I hope that you have a lovely Thanksgiving. And I hope that afterwards, uh, our two hockey games give us a show. Our I hope so too. Season. And this has always been fun. I will, uh, I mean, I don't know how many more times the Islanders and Flyers play each other in this messed up scheduled season, but uh, I'm always happy to come back on. And uh, I hope your pie turns out deliciously. Uh, Thank you and so then you much. have a happy Thanksgiving as well. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Enjoy the game. Go Flyers.